Hey everyone, Aurora with Supercharged Science. How's it going today? So today I was going to share with you the same things I shared on my hike a few days ago, but it was so windy, like nobody could hear me except for myself. So I'm going to talk about the 10, um, really the 10 biggest mistakes I've made while I was teaching kids. And so these are homeschooling things, uh, mistakes I've made as well as inside the classroom because I've had the opportunity to be in both. So if you like this and you want more, there's actually a complete homeschool guide you can get from my website. It's totally free, uh, www.superchargedscience.com homeschool so you can download that at superchargedscience.com homeschool and you can get that and download it so biggest mistakes I've made when uh, teaching kids and now that again this is in the classroom and in the homeschool environment um, one of them is that I have been uh, I've overscheduled way too many things now I have four kids first through 12th grade this year I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> it's a little bit on the attend side um, but there's a time when everybody had like three or four things they, they were doing so everything from karate to track to soccer to basketball to robotics to you name it we had it on our calendar and when I saw the calendar I cried <laughs> so what's my first reaction when I see that I'm gonna clear the whole calendar which leads me to the second mistake <laughs> under scheduling now initially under scheduling is great it's a great opportunity to get like a breather and just to reset that's what summer is for it's what vacations are for but if you under schedule your whole year pretty soon the kids um, are missing that routine and they start to get really antsy so that was my second mistake. Um, so I've got over scheduling and then under scheduling. So I tend to go back and forth, kind of, um, my husband calls it rail to rail. Um, so instead of staying in the middle of the road, I'll try this and hit the wall, then I'll turn around and I'll hit the other wall <laughs> until I find a balance. So, okay, so the next thing is um, I would often skip breaks. You know, I would go, I would start teaching at eight o'clock in the morning and I wouldn't stop till five. And I didn't take any breaks just for myself and also my students, you know, um, anyone who's been to a supercharged science camp know that it's intense. Uh, we start at nine o'clock in the morning and the kids get out between two and three and very rarely, it's actually really hard to get the kids to take a break. And now we actually shove everybody on the playground and lock the rooms, lock the doors uh, because there's so excited about what they're doing. They're so interested in science or whatever topic. Um, but if you skip breaks, you miss the reset button. A quick story, when I was at Stanford working on a PhD in high temperature gas dynamics, so things that go fast and blow up, um, I was amazed that a lot of the graduate students there, the PhD students, uh, would just sleep in the lab. Like they had their cots and everything inside the laboratory. So they were working like 16 hours a day and then crashing for five and then be up again. And I was living off campus, and so it was really unusual. So I would come in for my eight, 10 hours, maybe sometimes 12, and um, I got more done with less and, than they did, and I got different results. And so that always stuck with me that it's, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. So skipping breaks really in the, in the short term, you, you could, it's not sustainable. In the short term, it might get to your goal, but um, it's not a sustainable solution, especially when you're homeschooling because you're in it for the long haul, right? So, okay, so those, um, that's another one. Um, getting organized. And this, you know, you may be thinking of like notebooks and planners. And um, I actually hate my planner. I am not a planner at all. When I'm up on stage, I'm usually just winging it. <laughs> I mean, I have a very firm in my mind the one or two concepts that I need to cover, but I'm very flexible about how I get it done. And so for me, organization isn't just a planner. It's, it's mental organization and also organization in relationships. And what I mean by that is inside my mind, before I even step on stage in any 
or whether it's on stage or in the classroom or working one-on-one -on -one with a student, um, it will be, I will have in my mind the one or two concepts that I, that I want them to have when they're done with our interaction. So I'm very clear on these one or two things like higher pressure always pushes or um, light charges repel or whatever it is, whatever the concept is. And I'm really clear about that. And so, so that's my goal. And so I have many paths that I can take to get there because kids learn differently, right? And kids are different from day to day. They're not the same every day. Not like you or I, we're not the same either. So, um, so I'm also organized in my mind about what's the highest, um, what's the highest um, thing I'm shooting for that day. And also, um, in my relationships with them, I want to make sure the communication is very clear. So, if I'm feeling tension or if I'm feeling, um, you know, maybe they're frustrated, we're going to clear that out first. So our organization, um, so we're very clear on our paths to where we're going. So we don't have to waste a lot of energy where it's not needed. Okay. Um, let's see other things. Oh, expectations. Okay. So. I can handle a lot, at least I think so, until I get overloaded and then I can't handle anything. <laughs> so um, expectations for me, I, I hold myself to a very high level of, of things that I expect from myself. And to project that onto other kids, um, especially kids that aren't mine, it can be tricky. And so instead what I've done is I will set the bar. I will say, okay, as soon as you can reach this Bar. So whatever it is, you know, as soon as you've mastered five lessons in math, as soon as you understand this particular concept, then this will happen. You know, then we get to, um, you know, go on a field trip or uh, for our kids, as, it was as soon as you've read this story, then we can watch the movie of it. So, you know, so breaking it down into simple steps. And so the kids have the opportunity to reach the bar on their own accord. So it's not something that I get upset with or use emotion or anger to move them. Um, I just simply set the bar and hey, if you'd like that, that's fine. And there are multiple levels of di uh, and different opportunities that kids will jump at. So um, resetting the expectations there. Um, and the expectations I have of myself as I show up as a teacher, you know, I'm not perfect. And it's, uh, you know, I walk in and some days I'm grumpy and some days I'm happy and some days I feel connected and some days I feel like I can't believe the day just started without me. Um, and so being able to, in those moments to access the resources that I need to get myself on track is an expectation I have of myself. So I need to watch that as well. Um, okay, it takes a village. Education, it's a team sport. <laughs> there is no one size fits all. There's no one educator fits all. And honestly, there's a village that are raising my kids, you know, um, I'm actually old hat to my kids. You know, sometimes it's like, especially with the older ones, I'm like, hey, you guys wanna do a project? They're like, yeah, we've done that. <laughs> so they're into something else. My daughter, totally into art. She likes science, but you know, art and music, her thing, right? So, uh, okay, so it takes a village, right? So um, you probably don't have your violin teacher um, teaching your kids tennis, right? So um, you want to make very good use, especially in homeschooling, you have so many opportunities to do this. You might make really good use of people that are passionate and people that are really good at what they do, especially good on a kid level. And so you want to make sure you've got a team, like an army of people put together to help your kids with that. And that will keep them inspired and, and on, on they go. Um, okay, being too attached to your curriculum. So if you pick something and it works for a few months and all of a sudden it's not working, you shouldn't have to feel like you have to keep going because, you know, oh, I spent all this money on it and I spent all this and we're going to finish it. <laughs> 
much, right? So it's not serving anyone. Um, so having acuity about that. So um, being married to something that, you know, is and not having an awareness like, you know, and what specifically is not working about it. So um, we actually get a lot of phone calls about mid-year. Usually they start in November-ish. Uh, people say, no, we, we bought this huge curriculum. My kids are totally bored with it. What do I do? And it's interesting because at first we're like, well, you know, you can try our curriculum. Um, and then people are like, no, no, you know, I just, I just want to, I want to finish this, but I don't know what to do. I'm reaching out. Do you have any ideas? And then I thought, you know what? What if I show you how you can use your curriculum so it'll turn things around? And so I'll get more information from them about what's not working. And usually it was something to the tune of my kids are bored, the experiments don't work, or the experiments are just, you know, baking soda and vinegar, you know, help. <laughs> and it's a high school textbook. Um, so in, what, what I decided to do is I had this um, online homeschool curriculum. And so what I did is I went through it and I actually bought those textbooks that people had. And I have a whole library of them now that I've done this for. And I've gone through my program and I've made matchup sheets. And so they can participate. They can use their curriculum because they bought it and invested time in it. And I understand that. And they can also augment it and make it an even better program. So they don't have to have one or the other. Now they have both. Um, that program, by the way, is... Um, you can find out more about it at superchargedscience.com slash easy. Like, wow, that was so easy. And we actually now do this for any curriculum. So if you join the uh, join us and you've got a curriculum you're using, we will match it up for you. That's just one of the things we do. Um, yeah, because you shouldn't be stuck with something that doesn't work. <laughs> okay, super, uh, super mom. <laughs> super mom. So I, tr I still am under the impression, uh, like even today, that I can do it all. And I can get it all done. <laughs> and I can still look great at the end of it. <laughs> so that's nothing's further from the truth. Um, so my, uh, I was cleaning a toilet the other day and my 14-year-old uh, comes in and says, and mom, weren't you just on stage with all these people? I'm like, yeah, and I'm you know, toilet brushing my hand. He's like, well, you know, if they could see you now, they would know that you're like a real person, right? And not just this person, this magic person on stage. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I wish people understood that I'm just a girl who loves her family and loves science, right? So it's a joke now that we have in our family. If only they could see it when people come up and, oh, Aurora, oh my gosh, oh, I'm so glad we can meet you, you know, because they see me and I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a screen, so there's not as much connection, and it's funny. It's like, well, here's the great Aurora now cleaning a toilet. So, <laughs> you know, or, or so for me, it's a remembrance that I don't have to do it all, and it's my personal expectations on myself that, again, I'm putting on. And so just remembering at the end of the day, what do I need in order to have a win? It, uh, and for me, it's time with every kid, um, special time with my husband, um, and certain things that I, milestones I need to hit. And at the end of the day, um, he can ask my husband, say, "How was your day?" I can say, "It was a nine. It was a ten. It was it was a 20. <laughs> Let's do today over." <laughs> so, okay. Um, uh, two others. Now, um, this one is acuity. So uh, acuity is um, kind of listening and hearing what your kids are telling you. So you're working through a curriculum and you, you keep hitting the same thing over and over with your kid, but it comes up in different forms. Maybe they're resistant to, um, you know, anytime there's math or anytime there's reading or, you know, something like that. Uh, so you've got to have acuity about what your kids are telling you and what they're not telling you and what they're saying between the lines. And so being more aware of what's working and what's not. 
Um, other mistake that um, I've seen folks make is with technology. So this technology, double-edged sword, um, my take on it is that kids can't escape it the way you know you and I could as, as kids you know years ago, uh, but it's part of their world. And so our job now, I believe, is to teach them how to use it as a tool. So it's not entertainment, it's not um, but technology is like a hammer or a wrench in your in your toolbox, and it's very useful. Like we're just we're connecting now through technology. That's useful, um, and so allowing kids to experience that and to really use it as part of where they need to go, and not having the technology drive them um, and someone else's criteria for them drive them. So making sure that that connection is really important. A lot of um, homeschoolers just say no, no technology at all, like zero. And I say, okay, that's great. What are you going to do when they're 18 or when they finally move out? You know, they have to navigate that somehow. And the more education you give to them on how to deal with it in an effective way, it's going to only, um, that's what they need when they, they move out of the house. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to prop your two-year-old up at a restaurant when you don't want to deal with them and you want to talk to your friends and you chop them up with an iPad. That's not what I'm saying. There is an appropriate time to do it. Um, we introduced our kids to technology around seventh or eighth grade and then on through um, uh, high school. Um, my kids are on a robotics team that travel, so they travel with their team. So that's at the, that time when they needed it as a tool, uh, us so we would know where they are, and them so they would have a way to con connect, you know, because they're, they're out of city, they're out of state without us. And so um, it was a tool that they used, and we gave them instruction on how to do that. We also have this really cool app that we put on their phone, so it pings me every time they go, they hit a, a marker. So we put a marker at their school. So I know they got to school, it goes ping, right? Um, so my older ones chose to go to a public high school. So when they get to that high school, they ride their bikes, and now ping, now I know they got their safe. It's like, Phew, okay, we're good. <laughs> so in that case, technology is great. So, okay, so I hope this has been useful. Um, those are the, I could list another dozen mistakes I've made. <laughs> People have let me know they've made. Um, but those are the top ones. I hope it's been helpful. This is These are the same points I went over on that hike that was super windy when you couldn't hear me at all. Um, I thought I'd do it in a nice, closed, um, quiet environment. Um, again, my name's Aurora with Supercharged Science. And if you like this and you'd like more, there is a homeschool guide you can download on my website for free, www.superchargedscience.com. And I will see you guys next time. Take care, everybody.